Hi everyone, welcome to the AI of Mankind show, where I share anything interesting about mankind. I'm your host for this season. My name is Andrew Liu. I've worked across four continents and 12 international cities. Also, I've worked in tech startups across a range of roles from selling products, making customer happy, figuring out fundraising, making finance tick, building teams, and developing sticky products. Apart from building startups, I've also worked in Fortune 500 companies as a chief data scientist or technologist or people leader. You can call me jack of all trades or master of learning. I hope to make this podcast show a great learning experience for us. In each season, there is a series of interesting things where I invite guests to share their views about their life and interests. Now let the show begin. Hi everyone, welcome to the AI of Mankind show, where I share anything interesting about mankind. I'm your host for this season. My name is Andrew Liu. I've worked across four continents and 12 international cities. Also, I've worked in tech startups across a range of roles from selling products, making customer happy, figuring out fundraising, making finance tick, building teams, and developing sticky products. Apart from building startups, I've also worked in Fortune 500 companies as a chief data scientist or technologist or people leader. You can call me jack of all trades or master of learning. I hope to make this podcast show a great learning experience for us. In each season, there is a series of interesting things where I invite guests to share their views about their life and interests. Now let the show begin. Thank you for joining us on this captivating journey with Sham so far. In part three, we delve into the transformative world of online learning, the power of cloud computing, and Sham friendship experience at Oz. If you missed it, be sure to catch up on those valuable insights. As we embark on part four, get ready to explore the fascinating realm of online work environments and the future of collaboration. Join Andrew and Sham as they delve into the significance of team bonding and communication, uncovering the secrets to converting internships into job offers. Prepare to gain a deeper understanding of the role of artificial intelligence in transcription tools, scheduling software, and the exciting connection between the metaverse and blockchain technology. This engaging discussion will expand your knowledge and inspire you to embrace the endless possibilities of the digital age. So, don't miss out on this next episode as we unlock a wealth of valuable information and intriguing perspectives. Tune in now and get ready to be captivated. So, there's a lot of team building and core building that is needed for online language. And do you think that this is very important? Leaders and managers encourage this kind of online or offline team bonding and not just work. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah. So, it's definitely in work for both the bridge between or the gap between work and work at the whole place. Very thin, right? Because sometimes I find that during work from home, working more hours and affect to their normal 
know, maybe we offer this for whatever yeah. I think it should be was more than COVID on the past. Yes. More like a barrier to work in Tolva. I still remember that you told me that you were living in a very far place, like a true kind. My yes. name was in right. Chinese. Right. It's, if you do a two and four, it's almost like a three hours of your day commuting, right? I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So, definitely, Harry was registered during the commuting commuting center every single week. But I think to preach that all thing, we do other activities to that those commuting centers. Yeah, and back then there was another the blue light. That's what it was. That's what it was. And it was for Chen Chifang to me, it was for people. It took maybe like an hour and a half. Especially when there, with a lot of train changes in it. Right now, I think nothing takes less fine. Now that even if you're at WS internship, it's just a press of a button with the internet, right? So it's not eight, one and a half hours, back and forth, three hours. So you save three hours and most, okay, minus away 10 minutes just to switch on the laptops and internet. So do you think that extra two and a half hours of commute time safe actually was beneficial to you? Yeah. I think you would be able to say that because we extracting three hours, they actually do uh, not be fat things. For example, work for that, for I think three hours after, or you can actually work for, you can actually do a bit of your hobbies. You build Lego building, or you love to build types, you love to build maybe mobile games or online games. Maybe hobbies like that, you can actually pursue those hobbies during this three hours of time. So I think definitely, it definitely is beneficial for this, getting these hours back as compared to Omnifate and then for the Yeah. But I think, don't you yeah. think that those two to three hours you enable these where you save, you actually use it to take your certificates? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I think that's, that, that's a very good point. You get things that make it from working on set to get or network troubleshooting on the various problems that realize. I think that more time can be spent in these areas or in these aspects. Well, but then, how would you say that you end up working more hours on an online internship? Is it because there's a lot more communication and a lot more meetings that you notice, whether is it studying online or working online? Yeah. Or you can study or working online. Then, yeah. There may be a lot more meetings probably because sometimes and meetings may be longer because sometimes we, sometimes we don't, you know, point across as clearly we have to work. We have to read a rephrase, or we have to spend more time to understand each other in terms of what we are trying to communicate across. And then more time is spent, maybe screen sharing will solve this problem. Mm. But also at the same time, more time is spent actually doing a lot of this communication, trying to bring our point across towards both parties. Right? And especially, this especially comes very important. Curious, instead of two parties, then maybe two to Two or more parties inside, for example, five the parties, you get a call. You know, so, so most of them, at any part of time, most of us may not be on the same page. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we, we find ourselves more, we, we feedback some of the points so that a number of us will be on the same page. Well, so I think those are you know, like from one step, those are points that is different as compared to an offline internship. But what about documentation? Would documentation help to mitigate the Excessive need for communication in an online environment. I don't know what it talks. Yeah. Documentation is a role also. And I think I used a lot of these communication tools because there are transparent out there that can actually transfer the communication for you, where you can actually transfer the whole communication and then you can actually document it uh, at the end. 
when let's say if you have after they meet you want to actually go back to a particular point of time, some important for that you want to review the previous meeting, you can actually go back to the husband back. You actually see what the points that you've missed, but also documentation phase as well. And at the same time, a lot of this software, new software, transcription software actually plays a very huge role in making your being more efficient in your communications and at the same time making it documented and uh, also to review it after every meeting. So I think that speeds up the process of summarization. Let's say after the meeting, you want to summarize all of this and the point have been communicated through the meeting itself. Definitely a lot of software tools are popping up at this small day that helps us with this process. But they want to see tools that use about this big aerosol notion, the documenting documentation tool. So I think I use Notion now only, but I'm not the uh, expert. Is it commonly used in AWS or do they have an AWS tool, something like Notion? Yeah, they do have their own proprietary tool with AWS. But for me, I prefer Notion something for IT a bit. And also the, the user inside. I love the UI. And uh, at the same time, you can actually share it, export it to various document formats at the, at the end of your documentation process. What else? Uh, yeah. Okay, coming back to the internship experience is is great experience for you because it's also not just online learning, getting to know great people, but there's also a lot of offline to build bonds to make communication better. Like you said, an offline internship, you have more time commute now, the time commute being safe, you can do learning, do your side projects, which is great in online learning, online internship. Tell us more about how do you eventually convert your internship into a offer? Yeah, so I think one of the ways to do that is to go very well in your day-to-day work. I think that's one of the key points that should go well. And at the same time, at the same time, have very clear communication. For example, have very clear objectives on what you want to achieve throughout your internship process. I think that's one of the, one of the ways to actually get that conversion. And at the same time, you feel work from the team. Because sometimes you may not know that you may not know your full team. So it's very important to actually have reach out to them and have a chance with them have a coffee session sometimes to team members that you don't meet often. But sometimes you then you never know what you can learn from them or you never know what one can help each other with at that point of time. So yeah. definitely reach out there and then take initiative to help other people, take initiative to do to work on various projects. And definitely yeah, so I think these are the key points. Mm-hmm. How and initiate AWS, but also I think it's actually everyone that you have to initiate to do well with the I'm just being static. I think that's just making forward a build. That's I think that that's okay. That's required, but definitely there will be times where you can go out of your zone, like change something new or to work on projects and never work on the board. And inside areas where it differentiates yourself from the Okay, cool. Let me ask another interesting question. Because you, you also dabble in artificial intelligence. And what is your view on the on the use of artificial intelligence for the future of work? Yeah, that's a good question. For me, firstly, I did see, uh, I, I did work on my, and I don't know from that during my final project in, in NTU. Why it was actually the big prices of the fancy market over there with a, with a pricing model. Yeah, over actually training with NLP and a few machine learning models during my final year. So we I worked on it for a whole year. Yeah. So I think definitely I see that this 
confused because most, even now, there are platforms such as Kaggle, there are platforms such as a lot of data sets that you can find either online or offline. Maybe still can go on websites. There, there are a real data sets that you can use to do a lot of data analysis and to actually apply a few of no AI or ML models to, to these voice data sets to do something useful. And I see that this would get even easier with, let's say, with all the models, all the ML and LP models that are actually open source right now. Actually, LP models from Google and various other companies actually open source it for, for general public use. So I think even more so that it actually you know, makes some of these models to perform something useful in terms of biggest case, different mistakes that you may face in your day-to-day problems, whether it be and work or need in at this event. Let me try to communicate it clearly to the audience out there. So let's say in the future, like you mentioned, we noticed that just not just you, but me and a lot of other folks are on, as we work in our remote first world, a lot of online work, we need to communicate a lot more. And therefore you mentioned about there's a lot of transcribing software and transcribing, basically our voice converts to text and it converts to a specific language, like using natural language, it could be to from uh, English to Japanese or English to Chinese. And that's one of the ways to improve the communication to enable understanding of a specific instruction or specification so that every team member, whether you're working in coding or a scientist or a marketer or human resource, we get the same thing done, right? Do you think yeah. that there will be a lot more of such use cases in, the, in this area to enable work in a remote world better? Or like you mentioned about, for example, supervised machine learning. Do you think that because there's a lot more situation in which there's a lot of different meetings and people need to have online meetings and online sessions to build bonds, do you think that in the future there will be a lot of scheduling software or application that will recommend, let's say, Hisha, maybe today you need to talk to the manager to build a bond. Tomorrow you need to talk to a client to do a certain session. So there's a recommendation engine for different time slots for the future of work. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, that's that's a totally interesting thing for scheduling sessions to be various people because definitely if you are scheduling for the inputs, they definitely need to know the various inputs of the people in the team, the people that you want to network with, the kind of that kind of inputs, and then output the what you mentioned time slots, super time slots for both parties to actually meet up and then communicate with them. I think for this, I do foresee that a lot of this would be one will still be manual at the start where because sometimes we don't even know people in our team so sometimes you don't even communicate with them definitely I think at the start this post can help out in studying most of these by being sorry that some of this let's say integrated to Outlook the make clients software or Gmail yeah so one of these can actually be integrated to this email client for you to streamline the process for now. I think definitely networking and you to ask me mm-hmm. the um, automation of networking, I think that that's quite a far-fetched goal that we have. I think we yeah, yeah. can't take it too far in it. But definitely, I think for, for networking itself, for me, at this point of time, it's quite manual where we reach out to the people that don't want to work. Because for example, the meditation engine to work, we have to actually input the people that we want to network with to. Because they can never guess on data. 
So if you want to make an initial impression, it can be possible that you have to take it with more than one network. So I think identifying those people will never change. I think that is something that you have to always take initiative to to identify them. So once they identify them, I think with these tools and processes can be simplified somewhere that's integrated with uh, yeah, PRN. So yeah, the first and foremost, I think you just like to actually identify these um, people that you want to network with, people that you want to learn from. And then from there, make a plan on how you want to schedule your uh, session to them. Connect people to network. You still got to input the data. You still got to input something. And that, that starts with you, uh, human beings, right? Yeah. Are we talking about that? What, what are your thoughts on recently Mark Zuckerberg has converted, rebranded Facebook to Meta and saying that we're going to move into Metaverse. Even Bill's Gates. In his Gates notes back in December 2021, he says that in the next three to five years, in the near future, online meeting is no longer just a 2D screen, a Zoom, Google Hangout, or whatever communication software, but is into the metaverse world where uh, you use augmented and mixed reality to do work. What is your view on it? Yeah, I think for doing the university, I think that. A few of my colleagues, a few of my then friends, they actually got me interested in the cryptocurrency and blockchain. So over there, that's where I learned more about these metaverse, where's the union, or these different entities. Yes, they are closely related to blockchain technology. Like if you work in research, some of the metaverse companies closely related to blockchain. Definitely, I see that all these metaverse companies that are straight up PYP, they will have. If you have to chat, highly likely that you are partnerships with and not on this huge company that move to to the online world and create a very good user experience for the user. To actually make it seamless to replicate what we have in the real world to to this online, to this new online method and to show reality that that we are going to create. Yeah. So I think one of the challenges over there. Actually, I think the user experience because I'm not sure if you tried uh, Quest Tool on Facebook. I don't know. Have you tried Oculus 3 but all, all these augmented reality gadgets? Yeah. yeah Tell me more about it. Yeah, I actually stayed a few days on it. And I think one of the most most challenging outcomes that you can that yeah. this poses on this division intelligence tip that poses actually the, uh, the time limit that you have on this was it comes to a point where it's actually for a very short duration for me personally, I would get very cautious after I get your point. You get what? Sorry? Nauseous. Oh, rashes. Okay, okay. Yeah. From this, like, let's say if I use the headset for 15 minutes, then I get very nauseous. I, I need to pick up the headset. You can't oh. really use it for a long period of time, I would say. Like, uh, you know, it's quite, it's quite candid. Yeah. Along that line, I don't know whether you watched that Elon Musk about Neuralink where you, know, you can put a chip and then all the internet bandwidth go to your head. It's almost like you don't need to add that, but it's in your head. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I guess that, that's one of the things that you can solve this from. Take it embedded to yourself so that I think the the barrier from the normal or the barrier from the real world to the artificial or method reality world is still quite depth and deep. Because it's still not as most for me, the episode of being it's not as seamless as you want it to be right now. And as long as, I think if it comes not precisely the user experience, where we can actually spend more hours with control and our better reality, I think our better reality is still a wonderful area to explore. 
but so far, for now, I think most of us has, has been exposed to virtual reality headsets, such as Occupy or HTC Rift, some of the headsets that is offered in the industry. So I think these are the experiences that we are more familiar with, because I think me to my second point, yeah. which is the price point. I think back then, back in 2013, when this part of the more popular topic, it sets them really expected. Yeah. So, I mean, right now, where you can actually get a Quest 2 for $750, but price point is actually quite affordable and it's hard to find. So, I think that is the, that's the most important factor, you know, be mm-hmm. adapted, be variety. I think the price point is a very important note. Or, I think, obviously, in reality, it's more of a headset that's still a bit more expensive than what normal consumers can afford. Definitely, like some, have you heard of PhonoNet? Yes. Yeah, the price point is still quite steep, quite a over there. But I think definitely in the near future, when it comes to the price point, consumers can afford, okay, I'll need to out the object of a lazy headset. Then I think it can be, it can be uh, as popular or even more popular than yeah, I think there's uh, the giants are also talking about prototyping or um, improving these products such that it'd be as cheap as eventually. Uh, I don't remember the good old days where mouse, like you say, like, a laptop used to be cool, causing five ten thousand dollars back in the 1980s. Now, like the a same laptop with even 10 times the capability is only say one or two thousand dollars. Now, yeah. the smartphone is now for a thousand dollars, you have just is almost 20 times the capability as you compare to a, a, a laptop five, 10 years ago. So we are seeing more and more powerful uh, devices at cheaper and cheaper price. And I, I won't be surprised or we shouldn't be surprised in the next three to five years, like you say, the HoloLens or the Oculus Rift will be the same price as a camcard, like those camcorder, which is now about 30, 50 bucks already. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think that, yeah, we made a very good point. That's a very good point. Definitely, we actually get to see Hopefully, in three or five years, these devices have been getting them on. Yeah. And my, my, me, it's kind of a first point for you. Cost. So, my the third point, which is also as important, is actually the technology behind it, mm. the support behind it. For example, now, at this point of time, I think people have developed applications for GR and AR very fast. Definitely, one of the barriers, one of the developing ecosystem before environment for this particular. And I think we definitely can see more use cases of this of VR and AR being used in a mobility of the industry than in terms of the R and VR. Okay, cool. So let me ask you another interesting question. What is the uh, recent book or your favorite book that you read in the recent times, either with regards to AI, digital, or life? What, any books that you recently read? Yeah, I think one of the books that Perry read, because I actually get the not all. I actually find a lot of blockchain. blockchain. Yeah. Yeah, then definitely one of the more things up on for blockchain. I don't think there are any any books to reference for. But there actually are not. Because most of the most of the resources are actually in different various websites. I think one of the websites that yeah. I want can look at. Yes. Actually one of the it's actually the one by by net. I think that a lot a lot of resources on them that can be what and some of the websites are actually like the Sarah reports. Where they actually give you the state of, let's say, the surface finance, the state of VR in terms of the blockchain space, all and stuff. Really, not a lot of these reports for these companies that have done men's research in these areas. So, I've been doing books, I've been, books, I've 
companies on those side and the side that are really frequent right now. And also companies like Goldman Sachs, all these various companies, we're actually releasing a lot of report. So I think those are a good way to see where a macro view of where we are at this point of point of time in terms of consumer adoption and also market development. Okay, so to the folks out there who's listening to this podcast, I think he will share with me the resource site, like the Binance website. And what is the other name of the other blog? Yeah, Misari Report. Misari Report. Yeah, and it is in fact Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs. Yeah. Okay, and then next interesting question I want to ask is, so what is your number one app that you use on a daily basis and why? That's a very... Well, tough questions. Not that I use a lot of apps and anything. Uh, but I think one of the yeah. one of the apps that I use uh, a lot more than the main app definitely be Tiger. Uh, a lot of communication involved, and I'm actually involved in a lot of various things. And you can say Tiger be some groups and so actually learning a lot and bad. And then the second most used app that I every user is Discord. I think it's actually a really good co- communication tool. Interesting. Very large. Yeah. And uh, then for this, for I do user experience that you can pay because that's uh, here where you can actually do a lot of devotees and there's a lot of emotions involved in text for for Discord. For yeah, talking about Discord because in my impression I, I don't really use it a lot of disclaimer is my impression is that Discord is almost like the slack for gamers. My question is are you a, like a very strong gamer every gamer or why is Discord one of your favorite apps for communication? I think they have this stigma that this one is only for gamers, but I think the default because the thing is for one time gaming, that's where it got popular. It's for the family. It's actually a very good update because you can actually do video calls, actually voice calls over there. You can do it in the real. You find useful things over there, and also at the same time, you actually have a lot of you see something like that, where you have a lot of different channels you can go to. And at the same time, as this channel, you can actually pop video or whole video post to Educate me, please. In, in other words, if that's the case, then why would people still use Slack or Microsoft Teams for messaging? Talking about company or for personal people still use like Telegram or WhatsApp. Well, what is it? What's your view that why Discord hasn't taken a dominant view in the usage? Yeah, I think hardly it's, it's used a lot by gamer. For definitely for enterprise use case, Slack number one, voting. But definitely, I think each of the both companies have their own role to play on communication in the communication application industry. So I don't think that each one have their own pros and cons for depending on your use case. For example, if, if I was in enterprise use case with this guy, definitely integration with a lot of applications, business applications, you know, you can actually get it to your API, API calls. A lot of use cases, you know, so for, for Slack, they don't have a lot of integrations ready to go. I think definitely such as for, given for the curve page, where they have a lot of, also, you can actually get a lot of other applications, yeah. or Microsoft applications within the, within the application. So definitely, I think the, the uh, competence and competition always go to, 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 for innovation or for, for uh, and the consumers benefit the most because they are the ones on the receiving end, right? To, 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 to really experience maybe as a little bit as well. And at the same time, for pricing, people always look for cheaper alternatives. It, uh, it gives me an edge. Yeah, so for, for consumers, we think we, we tend to benefit the most for this. 
there is innovations and also Okay, great. Thanks for sharing with us on the, your, your most favorite app is Discord and Telegram. So give some interesting tips out there for students who wants to take a career in the digital space. What are your top three career tips for them? Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll stay at the door. Okay. One is studies and then what Okay, yes. Yeah, so for studies, I think seniors are the most important people. Just ask, really get to know them better. And I think they will always be willing to share their experiences with their course of study. And also identify good professors or teachers. They can have to understand various concepts. Sorry, for example, you will be fine you need to go the extra mile to find a learning start So for example, this back then when I was in year two, we were doing, we were actually, me and my friends were doing a very difficult module on algorithm. And uh, over there, a lot of the various tests, there was only maybe one concrete test to actually explain the concepts very well, in which I can understand, in which suits my learning style, while the burn is I will always book for the other teachers about what I'm saying. And go. That's just my learning far more. So I think go on there to identify, go to different classes, go to really part-time classes to identify and then find that suits your, your, your work, your most comfortable. You can identify professors that are willing to have you up, willing to explain the uh, top concepts again, uh, willing to explain the top concepts in a very simple to understand manner. I think those are the best professors actually go out there or get extra ball or help your students. We find the content, help your students understand the concepts using. Yeah. So I think most are identified these are first professors and also seek out from them uh, as much as possible. Yeah. So for this, for studies-wise, and for work-wise, uh, so we definitely network a lot and have an objective in networking. For example, if you want to know what network needs direct, what do I, what do I seek for cheat from like that based getting from the experiences or if you want to configure that feature. So have an identified object when you but to network that to identify people to network with. Yeah. And also go out of your public zone. It's about people within your team when you start working within your team and also people outside your team because you never know when you need help from them or then and vice versa. And lastly I think important more also. Definitely quite a group of first that if you are having some difficulty in and that that's a big point of light, okay. let's call them up and ask them about a particular problem that you're facing and they will really give you a piece of their mind in terms of how do you navigate through these obstacles. Yeah. So also have methods that will always tell you the truth on how best to improve yourself and also you know, at the same time have this particular support and course that I think that's very important to actually have them identify them in the early yeah. Cool. Thanks for sharing with the audience out there these two aspects in terms of the tips for studies and for work. One of the last question is, what is your ask from this audience? What do you hope to tell the audience that, what do you want from the audience that we can help or we can learn from? I think I hope that the audience out there who's a cool understanding just be the time, tell your own path. You don't have to follow that path. I think that, that, that's the most important thing. And that's it. I learned from a new life. Go follow the car, try your own path. And at the same time, training the experiences. Because you never know when you have a different way from you. Especially this time from not COVID environment for COVID environment, during the show. We tend to miss experiences pre COVID, before COVID. We tend to miss those experiences like doing the concepts, going to a drink, 16 trends, if we can't even do that now. 
going to going study together in the study group in the same time. Just yeah. So in the end, just treasuring the experiences and chart your own path. I think that's the most important. So the final message that Hisham wants to give to the audience out there is to chart your own path and treasure every moment of your experiences. Thank you so much, Hisham. We have come to the end of the show and have a good day. Hi guys. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If this is the first time you are tuning in, remember to subscribe to this show. If you have subscribed to this show and love this app, please share it with your friends, family, and acquaintances. See you later and see you soon.